When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train, but he will come up as he often does. But we are talking pop culture today and expansion and discussing probably a little bit of bourbon. Uh, So, Carl, welcome to the podcast. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Tell us a little about yourself. Um, born and raised in Indiana and uh, a big geek. Went to Indiana University, uh, uh, Eagle Scout. Uh, um, I love the outdoors, but always find myself in a room like this. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that um, that sounds a little bit more like uh, I have a picture of we were on a vacation in Colorado and we were in this beautiful cabin and there was a picture of me on the couch with this beautiful window behind me of this scenery and I've got a book on like just spending my time and every once in a while I would like okay fine I'll go outside and read <laughs> so yeah um yeah so I always like to start at the beginning we're going to talk a little bit about it. we are promoting um Carl is part of the team that has put on a couple of conventions and they are expanding. So we're going to get into that in a little bit, but I always like to start at the beginning. So talk to me. And normally I would ask, what kind of music does your family listen to? Because this is a music podcast, but you could still talk about that if you want. But I want to know, growing up, were you in a family of readers, uh, pop culture, and how about convention going? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, grew up in the seventies and eighties and, uh, I'm, I'm quite a bit younger than the rest of my family. So I was, I was an oops after the fact. Um, so my, my parents are a bonus child. Yeah. 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 They're almost 40 ish, I believe. So, um, but, so I grew up with uh, jazz and uh, big band and uh, the uh, Benny Goodman and uh, Wes Montgomery and uh, uh, just great, truly golden oldies now. I mean, when I was growing up, they were still calling it oldies, but it's sure. the oldies now. Um, rock around the clock, and uh, so uh, that that was that was what I grew up with. But yes, my family is very much into pop culture, so. Uh, I'm old enough to have actually been to Star Wars in the theater in 77. I was, I was probably, it was probably 78 by the time I got to go see it, but um, it was, it was out for so long. But uh, so I grew up enjoying movie soundtracks. 
so I collected uh, movie soundtracks when as I was growing up and well into well into college. So uh, I I often say that my favorite type of music has no words in it. And, <laughs> uh, so, but but I I listen to I listen to lots of things. It's it uh, you couldn't you couldn't avoid Bruce, uh, you, Mellencamp. You couldn't you couldn't avoid those great rock artists from when I was growing up because rock was in its heyday when as i was growing up you're you you likely too or you wouldn't have a podcast like this but uh uh, it's uh so music music has been foundational for me in that it ties when i hear something it ties back to a pop culture reference for me so like 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 the movie soundtrack so if i if i hear the imperial march from john williams and star wars it it takes me immediately to me watching the movie and and experiencing it with my family and all that stuff so um but uh but i also uh if i'm on road trips i'll those 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 oldies uh i'll listen to west montgomery's and the the sing sing sings by benny goodman and uh so it it's uh it's there's a it, it, my my music style is very eclectic <laughs> what year did you graduate high school 91 okay 91 yep okay so i'm significantly older than you i graduated <laughs> high school in 77 okay uh so i do remember uh, going to see Star Wars at, you know, in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and and not not understanding what I was. I mean, just like well, no one did. I've never seen anything like this. It was it was the first true blockbuster. And yeah. nobody nobody had any concept of it because it had never happened before. Yeah, there, have I, been, I, there have been big movies. Yeah. Not global cultural phenomenons. Yeah. Like I remember going to see Jaws and, you know, was a great movie. And I remember Rocky being huge. Right. Yeah, like, absolutely. yeah. But yeah, it was. It is. And, and, yeah, and I, you know, I grew up on uh, comic books. Um, I tell this story often, Carl, and so listener, jump ahead because you've heard this story multiple <laughs> times. Uh, my grandmother ran a post exchange and an army base, which is kind of like a Target, sure. Walmart. Yeah. And I would go to work with her early in the morning, and I would go to the spinner rack, grab all the comics I want. She would rip the cover off, give me the comics, and then she could give the cover to her de- her salesman. And they would give her credit because it was damaged. Um, And so I never had covers of my comic books. So that is my earliest pop culture reference. Obviously, I actually can remember the 66 Batman. So I was about seven or eight. So I can do that. Um, But I grew up reading Isaac Asimov. Right. I just adored Isaac Asimov, those collections of short stories and felt like he was your best friend because he did all those great introductions to all the short stories and everything. And so. Seeing something like Star Wars on the big screen, you're just in. And I was one of those people right where early on right now we People brag about how many times they've seen Bruce live. But back in 77, 78, you would brag about how many times you'd seen Star Wars in the theater. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, can you remember your first 
you know, swim into pop culture? Was it Star Wars in 78? Um, no, it was Star Trek, actually. So that was, uh, predates me a little bit, but that was the mm-hmm. late 60s. So the original Star Trek, uh, that was a big family favorite of ours. So I got to see it in reruns, but it was new to me as a kid and fell in, fell in love with Star Trek. So the, the books that I read when I was a kid that were outside of school, school assigned work were, uh, Star Trek and Star Wars books, uh, Albus Huxley, which is a British author. Uh, so I was, I was, I guess I was heavily into sci-fi when I was a kid. I still am. I shouldn't say that I'm not now. Um, I was, I was, it took me till I was an adult to read Dune. Uh, it's a much heavier book. <laughs> uh, and, but my favorite growing up was uh, A Wrinkle in Time, which is a light fantasy science fiction world that she created uh but uh i i don't know how many school book reports i wrote on that book because it was no one else was writing it so i just kept reusing my own book reports over the years that was great so uh, that was that was what we collect so i collected star trek books mostly because they hadn't really started writing uh off universe star wars books yet uh until mostly the late 80s or 90s at that point so when I was a kid, it was Star Trek books because they were writing those like candy. Uh, and yes. so, yeah, that's that's yeah, so that's that's what I grew up reading uh, was definitely Star Trek. And uh, uh, that that has fallen all the way through to my adult life. So love, love Star Trek, Stargate, Star Wars, um, Battlestar, uh, Dune, all those universes are just fantastic. So, uh, yeah. So don't know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who aren't watching this on video, I have a Star Trek communicator on my desk I keep. Um, yeah, I remember reading the James Blish adaptions, right? And then, yes, you're right. We're talking about late 80s, early 90s. The trade paperbacks were just came out. Every, you know, there were paperback Star Trek, and then there was Next Generation. And... Um, and <laughs> Next Generation was the first time um, we we had just a, you know, we had an old TV, right? And we had a stereo system and someone said that if you took your TV and connected it to your stereo system, that you could hear the sound through your stereo. Uh-huh. Now, this is way before Dolby surround sound anything. And so I specifically went to Radio Shack because I knew Next Generation was going to premiere. I was living in Dallas at the time. And so we had to listen and you would hear the 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 hum of the engine in the background and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, yeah, I still... I still, when I'm doing my biography, I would say, you know, um, Jesse will pick DC over Marvel, Superman over Batman, Star Trek over Star Wars, David Tennant is his favorite doctor, and uh, Martha is his favorite companion. And when I'm at a work, choices. when I'm at a work conference, they <laughs> go, "What the hell is he talking about?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and it isn't that I don't love Star Wars. It's just Star Trek was my dad loved Star Trek. You yeah. know, it, it, you know, 
and it's so yeah i always go back to that as my core first thing hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons Or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good. Well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Um, so I had sent you this in advance, but you... I, I saw you on LinkedIn and to pull back the curtain a little bit, um, you guys are expanding your universe. You've been very successful doing uh, indie PopCon. Am I getting the name right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And so now you're going to expand to Louisville and um, very nicely uh, you guys sent out to people and saying, Hey, does anyone want to have someone as a guest promote? And I said, absolutely. I'm always open to this. So I got your LinkedIn and uh, you have had a career change, my friend. (laughs) Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, we, uh, so I graduated from Indiana University with a business degree in computer information systems. And I've I've been a computer geek probably because of Star Trek since the beginning of time. I had a Commodore VIC-20 when I was growing up and I actually learned how to type way before other people knew how to type. Or back then we called it keyboarding, wasn't even called typing. Um, So so I I learned basic, the programming language and pretty young pretty young but i've never been i've never been and i'm not still a programmer in that regard i can read code uh i just uh and i can troubleshoot code but i can't i I can't write it from scratch 
because I just haven't done that in life. Um, but uh, so, yeah, been a consultant, been in so industries from finance to banking to uh, pharmaceuticals. To, I've been in just about every every, every industry with uh, as a business analyst uh, and data analyst and uh, it, all all sorts of things. So uh, I I am I'm a data nerd at heart. Uh, not the not the character from Star Trek, but actual numbers yes. numbers. <laughs> uh, I'm also a fan of Brent Spiner, but the. Uh, so that, that was my world. And then in, uh, 2012, we met, uh, I, I, to take one further step back, uh, because we haven't touched on it yet. My, my biggest geek, uh, is tabletop gaming. So whether that's card games or board games or, uh, role-playing games, uh, some miniature games, uh, that, that is, I was, when I was a kid, I was making it like the game of life, which it has a track that you go that you roll your car along. Uh, as a kid, I was creating just handwritten board games that I would make my family play. Uh, in in uh, 2003, uh, a large event called Gen Con uh, moved from Milwaukee to Indianapolis. And that was my first pop culture convention uh, is when Gen Con came to Indianapolis. Uh, and that was the last time I was an attendee because I started volunteering for him the very next year uh, and uh, learned a lot. I learned a lot about uh, how that convention runs. And it's it's for lack of a better word, Gen Con is huge. It is easily one of the largest conventions of any kind in the United States every year. They don't bill it that way because they'll sell out. So they don't need more attendees, particularly. Uh, but uh if they they'll get 250,000 turnstile over over the course of a four day weekend, which is just enormous. Uh, they take over the entire core of downtown Indianapolis, every hotel meeting room, the entire convention center, the street. Uh, it, it, they're just everywhere. So uh, I was very fortunate enough to uh, volunteer slash work for them for many years. Uh, and then that led up to 2012. Uh, we pitched to them, uh, me and a friend of mine, to hold a smaller version of Gen Con, but six months out. So we, the gaming community, the tabletop gaming community, really looks forward to Gen Con every year. And they, we wanted, we wanted it twice a year, essentially. Uh, so we pitched to them to have an, a second event. Uh, partially sponsored by them, they, but they were uh, they were busy with uh, Lucasfilm at the time because they were running the Star Wars conventions at the time as well, and they just didn't have the bandwidth for us. So met with uh, over lunch uh, a, a pair of guys that wanted to start their own comic book convention, their own Comic Con. And over the course of that pizza lunch, we kind of merged the two ideas and came up with PopCon. Uh, so we're not we're not strictly a comic book convention. We're not strictly a tabletop convention, but we're everything pop culture from um, music and art and comics and anime and sci-fi and fantasy uh, cosplay. We're we're the full we're the full spectrum of pop culture that we try and do. Um, now twice a year over the course of three days in both cities. 
So it's it, it's just really a culmination of, I guess, my life that it came to be. Uh, it was not meant to be a job. Uh, it that it was supposed to be a pastime. It was supposed to just be fun, and it was a lot of work. So even even all the people that were helping, it's just an insane amount of work to put on an event like PopCon. Uh, and I was my head was too big for my britches, thinking that I knew too much from Gen Con. But boy, that first year did we learn how much we didn't know. Uh, we do now. Uh, I would consider myself uh, an industry expert now. Uh, but back in 2014, which was our first event, uh, we we got away with things, <laughs> uh, but didn't lose any money. So it was that was that's kind of what hooked us. So we didn't we didn't lose money, um, and it was it was a huge and successful event, and uh, we didn't look back. We tripled our attendance in our second year, and it's just been going gangbusters ever since. What is one of the things that? you've learned over the years that you were surprised that, and I guess everything you learn is a surprise, but is there one or two things that you go, wow, I would not have thought of this? Um, the, we're, it, it's funny. That, it's a, that's a, that's a great question. So I, it, our industry is very, tight-lipped, very hold things close to the chest, uh, but we're not. So we're we're the redheaded stepchildren. There, I'll, I, I can answer that question for hours because I'm not afraid of telling people exactly how we do things because I truly believe that one, you are actually primarily, you just won't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so there, there are a lot of things. So uh, when you're first starting out an event like ours, there you have no credible clout with any celebrities or celebrity agents. So our first year was a lot of uh, convincing people that what we were building was something that they wanted to attach to. And we have gotten a very good reputation over the years from that an initial trust in us from back in 2014 and that's that's very nice uh it's that's we we are uh we're we've become good working partners with the agents and all the celebrities that we've brought in so that's that's one big chunk that uh was very different than what we had learned in conventions prior to popcon uh it, but then there's the the mundane stuff uh hotel contracting uh, airfare booking, uh, it it's all difficult when you really, it's just super time consuming. The in, incredible amount of graphic design goes into an event like ours. It, it just, it's it's overwhelming. So you, you have to put in all, all the celebrities that you bring out, which is dozens. You're creating individual graphics for them from things that they're not necessarily providing you. So you're having to scour the internet for graphics uh, then you have to strip out the backgrounds and then you're plugging it into your own designs and then you do it again for all the banners, the, the actual physical vinyl banners, and then you're uh, doing it again for all the badge work. So all the hanging badges that we give out, uh, the people can consider those collectibles now. So we, we have to be very good to our attendees that they're getting something for that badge. Uh, it will, at other times where other events are just going backwards to wristbands which makes it just it's it's upsetting because they're yeah. paying too much for a wristband but um 
uh, but there is just there's just so much there's so many things the volunteer management the uh, the facility uh, uh, relations so working with the convention centers working with the city working with uh, the local media there's just there there's just so many hubs and spokes and things that are just all happening simultaneously that you, it's your first time doing it it's overwhelming yeah i've gone to a few conventions um one of my favorites is is um before i got this job um is going to dragon con you know labor day weekend i had a feeling um, that's the one you're going to mention yeah <laughs> yeah um so my good friend tom zoller is um went you know had gone to comic-con which is what everyone thinks of right california comic-con yep. we've got all these massive you know hollywood people and then you know he went to dragon con for the first time and he said um at comic-con people are drinking to dull the pain at dragon con they're drinking because they're having fun right. um in these different cultures what do you, if you could summarize your culture, what what is y'all's culture like? Uh, it's it's more of a family reunion event. So Ooh, I like that. We've got uh, kids now. So we're going to our 10-year anniversary here in Indianapolis. Uh, we've got kids that started going uh, when, when they were seven or eight. And now they're graduating from high school and they're still coming back every year. We've got but uh, we we get attendees from every state and several countries that fly in uh, or drive in. Indianapolis and Louisville are fortunately very easy to get to. Yes. Uh, the uh, so we have people coming in that they're they're treating it like a friend vacation, and they they use PopCon as the excuse to get together every year, and that's the that's the environment that we're really fostering. So you, you mentioned San Diego Comic Con. Uh, the only true Comic Con. Uh, the they're backed by all the studios. So when you see a big celebrity there, they're they're being either contractually obligated to go to Comic Con uh, in San Diego, or uh, they're promoting something. It's like a a, a three day long Tonight Show, and all the movie trailers come out, and the studios use it because it's right in their own backyard. Uh, Dragon Con, excellent example. Uh, it's not my type of event, but there are, I have tons of friends that pack up and drive to Atlanta every year from here in Indianapolis uh, because they are big into cosplay. So that's when you're dressing up as your favorite character of whatever genre of book, TV show, movie. Um, and they'll go down there and they enjoy the party of it. So uh, Dragon Con, for those that don't know, is uh, really three kind of four hotels all connected. Uh, and you just walk from one hotel to the other through a tiny little sky tube, huge hotels. Oh, uh, and, and there's actually five or six all downtown Atlanta. And well, that, I'm just talking about the three. Yeah, yes, connected. exactly. And yeah, there, yeah, there, you, and, they don't, and, there are too many people to fit into three hotels. But. And they are five different conventions all going on at the same time. Yes, they call them tracks. Yeah, yes, and, and uh, there are people that will go to the gaming convention that will have no 
interaction at all with someone on the Star Trek track right. or the fantasy track. And it is um, it is an amazing group of people doing it. Um, and it is um, it. I love how, though, the idea of you doing this kind of family reunion this because there is a little bit of that with dragon con right that people go every year and they meet friends and they do things and it is a little bit of mardi gras um it is also as my friend tom said it's the only and he goes to like you know a dozen conventions a year at least probably 20 he's it's the only one i feel bad like i'm not cosplaying <laughs> because true. it's so big at dragon yeah, con yeah yeah I, I always, people always ask uh, that haven't been to PopCon, they say, do I have to dress up? I was like, no, you, yeah. you, you're picturing the cosplayers in your head because the, those 5% of the attendees are dressed up and they stick out like a sore thumb, but 95% of the people that show up to these events outside of Dragon Con are yes. not in cosplay. Well, no, so, and, and, and once again, I am not criticizing the media. I understand um taking a shot of you and i in our um star trek t-shirt or in a popcon you know polo shirt does not make a good picture on the newspaper or your website versus a a you know a dozen harley quinns <laughs> is a much better picture yeah, uh, I, it's, yeah. It, it's a it's a fight every year i love our photographers and our videographers but I, I have to remind them every year that they, not every picture needs to be of a cosplayer. I, I encourage them to get shots of people that are just having fun. Yes. Just, just simple shots of people having fun because it's, it's the, you're, you're looking at the Harley Quinns, but right next to them are these, uh, this, this mom and dad with their kids just having a blast doing VR or tabletop gaming or something. Yes. And, uh, it's there. It's right next to it. This is a just Exactly. So I want to get to why Louisville. And so if I don't get back to that, remind me. But um, one of the things that is a common feedback I hear, and this is no matter where you're going, going to Disneyland, going to Disney World, going to Salesforce, Dreamforce, which is as far away from a comic convention as you can, but it is that it's overwhelming. There's too much. I didn't really have a good time. So I have advice that I share to people, but I'm curious as someone who does this as a living, what is the advice you give to people that are attending a any kind of pop culture or community thing for one of the first few times. Yep. So the the first first set of advice I give is wear good pair of shoes. So I always start there because you're going to be standing or walking on concrete for hours, even if you're only there for a day. And if you happen to be there for multiple days, do not wear the same pair of shoes the next day. Switch your shoes. Okay. So that's that's step number one. Uh, step number two is go in, get your badge, get your wristband, get whatever it is, and then walk around. Get a lay of the land. Conventions like PopCon are very large. It's practically a quarter of a mile from one end to the other. It's huge. 
uh, and the just so just get the lay of the land. Find uh, find the vendor hall, usually in the center of everything. Find the panel rooms. Find uh, the film festival room for us. Find the uh, find where the celebrities are. Find um, where photo ops are going to be when you're getting your picture taken with the celebrities. Just walk around before you actually stop at anything. So let's take the first half an hour and just do a loop, do a loop, get the lay of the land. Uh, once you do that, then I would look at the schedule and plan out a little bit of your day and then expect not to meet all those goals. So don't get frustrated that you're, you wanna do this panel at three and then you were running to do something at four uh, but you're, you don't want to do, you, you find out that it's not feasible to do, to go from one to the other back to back. Don't get frustrated with the event because we're packing too much fun stuff in. Just find those fun things that you can do and then move to the next. Uh, but uh, that, th those are, those are the two biggest things that, that I would suggest for anybody going that's never been to an event like PopCon before uh, is wear good shoes, and get the lay of the land before you jump in head first. Great advice. Um, and I'm going to kind of your second one I'll expand is I think absolutely make your plans, right? But focus on what you're doing and not what you're missing. Oh, that's great. Yes. Right. Yeah. Too, they, there's too many choices. We're yeah, yeah. we're we're a three day event for a reason. So yeah. you you can you can get away with a good chunk uh, at PopCon if you're there in one day, but you're not going to be able to do it all. You just can't do it. Right. Uh, it's 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 Disney World. It's Disney yeah. World. So you can't go to Magic Kingdom and Epcot in the same day and get the full effect of both of them. Yeah. And it, you you just have to set your expectations. So um, if there are certain things that you absolutely want to do, get those done first. Yes. Uh, so if you if you really want to meet Patrick Warburton in, in August in Indy at PopCon, do that first. Just right. get just get it done. Go stand in the line, get it done, and meet him. Because then you're not worrying the rest of the day about oh we still need to do this oh we still need to do this just just go get that one thing done or go get the, those few things done yeah uh, but then but then go walk around sit down play test a board game uh just learn something new uh uh try on the VR goggles because a lot of people still haven't tried that yet sit down and watch a couple short films in our film festival uh play laser tag we've got state of the art laser tag go sign your kids up and yourself and go play laser tag because it's not like it was in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, sit down and play a video game with your kids because they're doing it all day, all year long. Use that as an opportunity to see how other families are interacting with their kids, doing the things that the kids love because nine times out of 10, that parent is going to end up having more fun than the kids. They just, I they have to let themselves go to do it. I, I totally agree, Carl. And and the other thing is you one, don't be shy too. Uh some of my funnest experiences, no matter what convention I've gone to, is where I've sat down to break a meal or at a bar and 
I'm a diet Coke drinker. I, I am not an alcohol consumer, but I'm tired. I will sit at a bar and I have had like a 20 minute conversation with the bartender who sees it all. Right. They're there in the middle of this convention and they're telling stories and talking. Um, I've sat down with table with people and just share stories and things. And it's truly some of the best moments that you can have because you've connected to someone and they are telling a story and experience and they're sharing the joy that they ran into Mark Shepard. And he was telling him why. Doctor Who is one of the best, you know, series ever. And and it, so, yeah, I think that is excellent advice. Um, and to, to mix this into Bruce Springsteen, uh, currently, you know, he's touring and his set list is pretty static. Um, he's changing it two or three songs during the tour. And this is unusual for him. Usual, and he really mix it up. And we were talking about some people are like um, bird watchers. They have a list of songs they want to get to stamp. And some people in conventions have that idea of, I need to get all these signatures. I need to get this pictures with. I need to get this. And I need to make sure I make this panel. And that is a perfectly fine way to enjoy a show. But I will just give you a suggestion, maybe do three quarters of that to start out with and to leave you some breathing room to stumble into a panel you didn't think you were going to listen to and go, oh, my God, I've never heard about this book series or this thing and enjoy that. Yeah, 100 percent. It's uh, the the beauty and the curse of PopCon is that we're covering all aspects of pop culture. Yeah. So- it, it me if if I would go in blind to popcon, I'm a Star Trek fan, a Star Wars fan, uh, like we've discussed, and I will find those things. Yes, and, but I might be walking by this this amazing art that is based on anime or some fantasy series that I'm unfamiliar with, or an uh, a tabletop RPG that I haven't heard of that's not Dungeons and Dragons. Heaven forbid, it's not Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and I, that's where, that's where you need to stop. You need to stop, go talk to the artist, go talk to that vendor, uh, learn about their world because that's the world that they live in and they, it's part of their livelihood. So uh, spending, spending a little bit of time in the vendor hall and just going up and down the aisles and seeing all the cool things, uh, is important to those people. And we, we strive at PopCon to make sure that they're, as interactive as possible. So I, for, for risk of sounding um, uh, immodest, most events that, uh, that are like ours feel like a flea market uh, when they're going through vendor halls. We, we push against that very hard. We want uh, every 10 feet, we want something cool to do or to see and not just walk by and say, oh, there's another one of those. We work really hard on that every year. And I think that's, I also think one of what's really beautiful is I have been to conventions where, you know, I don't want to buy an autographed picture, but I want to tell this quote unquote celebrity how much I enjoy their work. And there are shows that are like, nope, we're here to sell stuff. And there's others that go, no, I mean, 
yes, if the line is a dozen long, we may push you on a little bit quicker. But that doesn't mean it's not okay for you to go and tell someone you're a fan of, because that's that's part of the joy of that, right? It, it absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. So we're we don't yet, I should say, we don't yeah. yet bring out the Chris Evans of the world. Um, we, we go for what I consider the working actors, the people yes. that, who's not insignificant portion of their annual income comes from meeting their fans. Right. And those are some of the best interactions you will ever have with people that you like in the Mandalorian or yeah. walking dead, or that you're, you're meeting the people who enjoy, they, they enjoy it too. They're, they're working geeks and they just happen to be acting in some of their own favorite worlds, yeah. their own franchises. Uh, and it's it's really a treat to just go up and um, shake their hand or get a selfie with them or uh, it, it, there's lots of different opportunities that are not an autograph that can yeah. can that can really uh, set your set your time with them aside to where you'll remember it for a very long time. Yes, absolutely. Um, so you've obviously been very successful in Indianapolis. Why? When why did you decide to expand and why Louisville? Two twofold. Uh, one, no event. Events we we can't be stagnant, so I'll, I'll put it that way. Right. The, a, a single event is not a long term success story. Right. Uh, there's very few single events turn into a long term success story. So we recognize in the industry that our peers have multiple events. So that was that was step one is breaking breaking through the idea that hey I think we can do this now. Uh, so Louisville, albeit probably too close to Indianapolis geographically, fell into our lap because they do not have a large pop culture event in Louisville anymore, and turning down the opportunity to bring popcon to a large audience like louisville we couldn't pass up okay and the the city worked with us very quickly and uh, they gave us a date that worked very well for us uh very quickly and we were lucky to get uh june 16th to 18th next month uh right there at the kentucky exhibition center which uh is going to be a very large space for us there as well and it's just a, it's a great facility, uh, lots of parking, which is not unique. <laughs> I mean, which is unique, sorry, which is yes. unique, uh, to have parking that's that accessible. Uh, the, the only, the only catch is for those that are out of town there, the hotel situation isn't as convenient as Indianapolis, but Indianapolis, we are spoiled with the convention center because uh, they, and they love when I say this, but uh, I, I, I feel like a commercial for the city of Indianapolis every time. But Indianapolis has more connected hotel rooms to the convention center than any other city in the country. Mm -hmm. And there are more restaurants within walking distance of the convention center than any other convention center in the country. It's just super convenient. And the city rolls out the red carpet to anybody that comes to Indianapolis. And it, it's truly it's truly a wonderful experience. And we're spoiled ourselves to be from Indianapolis. Uh, but uh, Louisville, we're growing to love very quickly too. You've mentioned the, the bourbon trail. 
Uh, I have not yet uh, gotten to experience that, but I do not believe that I'm going to be able to avoid it. Uh, I actually do drink bourbon and whiskey. Uh, I just haven't, I haven't partaken yet, uh, but uh, not a big drinker um, it, you, because you're only listening to this on a podcast, but all I'm doing is drinking water all day. Yeah. I, don't even, I don't even, I don't even sugar it up with the, the diet Coke that you mentioned. Yeah. So I, I am a non-drinker too, uh, but um, we, and there is a Bruce connection um, back in 2012, he was not touring anywhere close to Dallas. And in 2011, my father had died and he was buried in um, Fort Knox, Kentucky, right there at Radcliffe, just a little south of Louisville yeah. at a veteran cemetery. And so my wife and I were wanting to do a vacation together. We had not gone without the kid, without another couple in a long time. And so we drove from Dallas, went to Louisville, did part of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, saw my father, went up to Cleveland, saw a brew show, came back down, did the other part of the Bourbon Trail, went back home. We called it our Bruce and Bourbon Tour. And even as a non-drinker, I am fascinated by the the art and science of bourbon because there are these legal laws but there's also a lot of creativity in it and so i i think and there's also there is a great culture of bourbon bars there in louisville so i do think that you probably won't do it this year but i could see in two or three years like they uh Dragon Con will have a night at the ballpark you know where there's an event where you can go see the Braves I could see in two or three years you guys will do hey let's do a bourbon field trip as one of your events yeah yeah coincidentally I believe their their minor league baseball team and I apologize Louisville I'm it's it's escaping me the name of the team uh but they're they're having their Star Wars night either our Friday or Saturday oh perfect minor league and uh, we've got a couple of Star Wars people coming out, so uh, we'll we'll see what kind of coordination we can pull there. But uh, it, there's just there's a lot of fun things that that happen throughout the the cities that uh, coincidentally tie in together, and if, uh, we're we're getting to that point here in Indianapolis for sure. Yeah, if they get there a little bit earlier, also the Louisville Slugger Museum is in Louisville, which is a wonderful day. So Louisville is a perfect city to do um to do to make a weekend out of it not only the pop culture but if you come early or stay late you've got you know churchill downs you've got the louisville slugger museum you've got all the different bourbon distilleries so yeah i think it's a perfect choice for a city and even as i'm talking i was looking to see man can i figure out a way to be (laughs) off uh i need to go do this so yeah this is great um what is is there a couple of events coming up? Well, first off, give the official dates and times and how to get information about not only Louisville, but Indy. Yep. So uh, information's easy. It's just popcon.us. So P-O-P-C-O-N.us. Uh, that, that'll get you to both events. Uh, the Louisville event is June 16th to the 18th at the Kentucky Exhibition Center. Uh, Indianapolis PopCon Indy is uh, August 25th to the 27th at the Indiana Convention Center which is uh, right downtown uh, in Indianapolis and the uh, lots of, lots of, lots of fun, both events, three day, they're both three day events. Uh, We're adding some pretty significant evening programming to both uh, events this year. 
Uh, and uh, it's we're just trying to make everything fresh, new every year. And it's uh, it's it's a treat and it's difficult, but it's fun. Well, and I want to stress what you said. This is a great family event. This is an event that you can bring your the whole family, whether it's youngsters, teenagers, you know, um, grandparents and grandkids, there will be plenty to do. There will be plenty of things to see and watch, to interact. Um, I love the idea of trying on different, playing different games and playing this. There is certainly, and, you know, there will be artists there that are fantastic Yes. You know, and so, yeah, uh, this is I, I can't urge people to check it out enough if they're going to be in the area or want to get away. Um, I think this is going to be wonderful and I'm excited about it and I wish you a lot of success. Oh, I appreciate that. So, Carl, what should I have asked you that I didn't? <laughs> uh, no, you 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 ask some you ask some good questions that most people don't. So I think you've already gotten you've already gotten the the the, the things the the insight. Good. So, um, so I, I was going to do this after we record, but I I, I was just sitting here thinking. Um, so there are some people from um, Europe that have created a Bruce Springsteen card game. Ah, and I will send you a link to it. Um, they are not trying to sell it. They are just, it's free. It's print and play, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you, uh, basically, it's picture Springsteen Uno. Sure. Um, the idea is become the boss. And you have to have, it's a card game. And so to become the winner, you have to have so many songs, so many band members, so many experiences, and so many gigs. And okay. each of them are different stars. And so you have to give this X amount of, you know, you got to have so many band members, so many experiences. The idea, right, to become the boss, you've got to write songs, you've got to have gigs, you've got to have experiences, and uh, you have to have band members. So I will send you a link to it, and yeah. I would love for you to uh, check it out. And uh, because it it is kind of a fun little niche game, but also Sounds they make clever. sure you don't have to know Bruce to do it because it's really just this Uno. Sure. So that's great. Um, all right. I'm going to let you go, um, but I have to ask you the Mary question. Uh, so for those of you who are going on this, checking out um, this wonderful pop culture and especially if you're part of Carl's team and you're checking to see how he did, you're probably wondering what the hell is the Mary question. Uh, Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher that has recently retired. But when he was teaching his high school seniors, he would take two days and they would print out the song Thunder Road written by Bruce Springsteen. They would go through the lyrics. They would present um, look at the imagery, look at the word choices. And at the end of the two days, he would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? So Carl, that is your question. And you did the homework. I appreciate it. Your guess, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? I, so I'm sure that I heard it when I was younger, but uh, earlier today was the first time that I listened to that song in years. Uh, so uh, I, I I pulled up a YouTube video and it had the lyrics right alongside it. Uh, it so I, I studied it as best I could. 
uh, because I didn't get two days. I didn't take two days. I could have because I had this question for a while. But the uh, I I do believe that she did. The the from again uh, only only watching through once with the lyrics, it did not sound like either of them wanted to be where they were. So there was no reason not to get in that car. I think that is a great answer. Just to give you a little insight, about 60% say yes, 40% say no, um, and there is no right answer uh, it, because uh, Bruce, I think, deliberately left it vague when oh, he wrote yeah. it. Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt there. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, there's you, you could go, it's 1986. It's a very different time than it is yeah. now. Uh, it would if if that were written in 2023, would she have gotten in the car? My answer would probably be very different. Yes, I think that's well said. All right, Carl, this was so much fun. I hope you had a good time. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so and, much. I, and thank you. I, I hope I asked a little different questions. It, it It's always fun to visit and get off the Bruce train and share a little bit different. Once again, pitch the website. Uh, it's just popcon.us, P-O-P-C-O-N.us. Easy. All right, go there. Uh, they are, I, I've looked, there's some great guests. Uh, I'm going, I would, I would just, um, I would love to talk to, uh, from Gilmore Girls. I'm drawing a blank on his name. So, Scott yeah, Scott Patterson. And I think he does, he's played in a band. So yeah, I would end I, up talking. I believe, all, I believe that is true. Yes. Yeah. So I would end up talking music to him. Sure. Uh, but thank you, Carl. Hey, listeners, go check this out. Uh, go go uh, check out the website. If you're going to be in the area, please take your family there and you'll have a great weekend. For now, be safe, be kind, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.